Hi everyone, Grant K here for the Flame Premium Learning Channel. Welcome to part one, looking at the new mat creation tool in Flame Premium known as the GMask Tracer. This tool is based around the Action Framework. So if you're an existing Flame artist, you should be able to get to grips with it very quickly. Now there is already an existing GMask tool for rotoscoping. This is not going away. However, the new GMask Tracer offers significant advantages that will certainly benefit you. For example, you have proper blend modes between masks. You can also use shape tracking, planar tracking and even 3D tracking with the GMasks. Manipulating the GMask control points is now further enhanced with a new edit box mode. You also have a lot of action functionality such as mask priority editor, multiple mask outputs, camera support and even stereoscopic support. Finally, the GMask Tracer and the Action GMasks are compatible. So you can load and save setups or even copy and paste GMask information between the tools. The GMask Tracer has been made available in all aspects of Flame Premium. So you will find it in Batch, Batch Effects, as a Timeline Effects and even the Tools area. And of course, don't forget that the tools are also available in Action. So let's go through a Roto example where we'll cover the workflow and operations of the GMask Tracer. If you would like to follow along, please click the link in the YouTube description to download the media. Alternatively, if you're watching the podcast version of this video, then type the link displayed in your web browser. So here we have a shot of a phone and we need to extract a mat of the hands and the phone from the background. Looking at the image, my first initial impression would be to try key the background to save myself hours of rotor work. So using the master keyer, I'll sample the background and attempt to pull a clean key. Now since this is not really a shot setup for keying, you might get some of the way there. But the obvious issues are uneven lighting, different chroma values and so on. So let's do the masking approach but this time we'll use the GMask Tracer. Now for all intensive purposes, I'm going to use the GMask Tracer node in Batch. But as I said a few moments ago, it's available everywhere and the operation is the same. If you haven't already done so, add a GMask Tracer node from the Batch node bin and connect the source clip into the red front input. Pressing F4 for the result view, you will see that the main output of the GMask Tracer is a white frame. The GMask Tracer is designed to create matte and alphas, so you only get a black and white output. This is the default, but you could always go to the output menu and change the output color if you choose. Let's go back to the schematic view and have a quick look at the node inputs. Now you probably already know that if you had an existing matte, you would connect that into the blue input to use it in combination with the GMask Tracer. But if you don't have an existing mat or alpha, you don't need to connect anything into the mat input. A new mat will generate inside the node. The only exception to this rule is when you're performing 3D tracking. If you intend to perform a 3D track on an image, the reference is pulled from the mat input so you would connect your image into the mat for the 3D track. 
and then you can disconnect it when you're done tracking. For our example, we're not doing 3D tracking or providing an existing mat. So all you need is the front red input. Now double-click on the node for its controls. The result output will always display the mat or alpha output. So it's not currently useful to draw a G-mask. Instead, press F1 for the front view. So you can always see your G-masks and match them up to the image. Now there are some extra object views that we'll get to later. But the front and result view are the primary views for masking. Now since the GMOS tracer is based on the action architecture, there are quite a few similarities and workflows. So to create a GMOSK, you could switch to the node bin and double-click on the GMOSK objects and start drawing. Alternatively, you can switch the Tools pull-down menu to Draw Shape. This is mapped to Alt-N. Now start drawing the GMOSK around the phone. Tapping down and raising the pen creates a corner control point. Tapping down and dragging the cursor will create a bezier control point with handles. Now before you close the G-mask, I want to point out that you can have open and closed splines for different rotor work. If you wanted to create an open spline, just click the Finish button on the right. Or to close the G-mask, just click back on the first point. You can actually toggle between open and close splines in the object menu at any time. So there is no wrong or right way when you create a G-mask. Pressing F4 will show you the result output. Once you have completed the G-mask, you can start tweaking the control points as well as change the properties in the object menu. So as a quick run-through, the mask controls control general G-mask behaviour such as colour, transparency, intensity, additional smoothing on feathering and post-G-mask blurring. You can toggle a G-mask between open and close splines as well as invert them if required. A very big point to mention is the blending for the G-masks. When the G-masks are intersecting and overlapping, you can correctly set the type of blending. The vertices menu is the numeric controls for the control points of the G-mask. The gradient menu is control over feathering. The tracking menu gives you access to various trackers including planar tracking. And finally we have the new tracer feature that we'll look at later. Now looking at the tools pull-down menu, you have access to common tools to manipulate the G-mask. You can add points, select points, break points to break the tangents, as well as smooth out the tangents with auto-tangent. Finally, you can also delete points if you don't need it. These are all mapped to the keyboard shortcuts that are displayed next to the tool choice. Now there are some really handy manipulation controls for G-masks in the G-mask tracer. Ensure you are in select mode. Similar to the old G-mask tools, you can select individual points or multiple points with the control hotkey. You can then move them around the image. This is the first method to manipulate control points. The second method is a new manipulation control known as the edit box. Enable the edit box button to the right of the interface. This is mapped to the control E hotkey. 
The selection is now surrounded by a transformation box that can be interactively moved, scaled and rotated. As a point of reference, there is also a set of hotkeys to nudge the edit box. Use Meta Arrows for positioning. Use Meta Alt Arrows for rotation. And finally, use Meta Control Arrows to nudge the scaling. You can also transform your selection combined with Auto Key when keyframing a G-Mask. The point to remember is that even though you can transform keyframes with the edit box, each individual control point still gets its own animation. So individual control points can still be tweaked after the fact. And you can also toggle between two methods with no drawbacks. As an extra tip, if you want to rotate control points off the center of the edit box, just move the circle widget for the rotation handle. There are also additional controls to offset or center the shape axis without shifting the actual G-Mask shape. So there are plenty of manipulation controls for flexible quick masking work. The final point we'll touch on in this video is the feathering. To feather or soften the edges of the G-Mask, you need to switch to Add Points in the Tools pull-down menu. Clicking anywhere on the G-Mask shape will add more points. However, if you press Shift and click and drag on the shape, you will create edge softness based on an offset point. So unlike the G-Mask Tool Softness or Advanced Edge Gradients, these offset points are not bound to a control point. You can add multiple offset points to vary the softness around the G-Mask shape. If you switch to the Gradient menu, the selected offset's position, distance from the mask shape as well as Gradient Curve can be adjusted to rarely focus the softness. But if you have a close look at the feathered edges, you will see artifacts in the Gradient. This can be caused by the G-Mask's shape and the offsets. So to easily resolve this, switch to the Mask menu. Increasing the smoothing slider will smooth out the issues only found in the gradient regions of the shape. You can also do additional post-blurring to the entire G-Mask shape if you want the shape very soft. So that covers the basics of creating and applying a G-Mask shape and manipulating it. In part 2, we look at creating and blending multiple G-Mask shapes for more complex rotoscoping tasks. Comments, feedback and suggestions are always welcome and appreciated. Thank you for watching and please subscribe to the Flame Premium Learning Channel for future videos.